This is the FCS Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. FCS football fans, do you believe? I am Joe DeLeon, as always. I am Sean Anderson. And we are bringing you the best FCS podcast in the world. Brought to you by two current and soon-to-be former deaf college football players. Oh, oh, really? Oh, it was a little... The intro was a little bit too loud for you, Sean? Was it a little too loud I guess you? you? I guess you downloaded the Bass Boosted version. <laughs> <laughs> you mean bass? Did uh, you just yeah, pronounce it uh, bass? Yeah, I did. What the heck? <laughs> Wait, you're 21 years old. Please don't no, tell no, me no, you no. didn't I, think I it know, was bass I know, I know, all this time. I know, I know. I know it's not bass, but, you know, I'm an angler. I hope you were you were playing. I'm an angler, that. Joe. Are you right? sure? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yikes. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at <laughs> Joe DeLeon and Sean at SK Anderson. 29 also follow believe podcasts on twitter and instagram at believe podcasts and that's all the housekeeping i have for you sean and i are finally in the last week of spring ball we're almost done the spring game is going to be played on saturday and then we're off for the summer given our own responsibilities isn't that right sean it's so close so close. Yeah, it's so oh, far away. Oh, I'm gonna say it like that. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, a stretch. Yeah, we're two more weeks of school. Oh, Jerry said we're in the house till the 18th of May. Oh, thanks for dropping that in the podcast. That's a late. Uh, that's pretty late. <laughs> yeah, it is. We'll be on the beaches of Narragansett. How long did we have it last year? It was about the 20th. Really? It's about the 20th. Yeah. God, that house stunk. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was this close to dropping the name of the people we rented through, but I'm not going to do that. I'm above that. But Sean's got some pretty big plans this summer. He's going to be interning with SiriusXM, isn't that right, Sean? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to be able to go home. Uh, you know, being far away from home like I am, it's nice to be able to spend a uh, probably one of the last real summers I'll, I'll have with my family. Yeah, you know, it's and uh, your you know your high school friends as well. Until oh, uh, they don't really matter. No, well, but I'm just saying well, until people start disappearing <laughs> off out of nowhere and. Yeah, that's and end true. up in yeah. random ass places, and and you never see, hear from him again. That's the reality of uh, being in college. Once we graduate, it's just it's done. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty dark, Joe. Yeah, uh, it is pretty dark. You're welcome, folks. We got a lot for you today we as we're going to be previewing the NEC conference and the Big South conference, two of the smallest conferences in the FCS, but does not lack talented football teams. But before we get to that, we have our Weekly news roundup, not a lot of news hovering around the FCS, but it is NFL Draft Week. I am extremely excited. I don't know about you, Sean. I'm juiced up. I mean, I canceled my plans on Thursday. Really? We both did. We agreed on well, this. Yeah. Remember? Well, I, we said I, we were going to watch not, it together. I'm not obligated oh. to, to go to, to, oh. to the internship anyway, so it's not like I was planning on going anyways. I was planning on sitting on the couch and watching it. I, I thought we had agreed. Uh-huh. Yeah, this we weekend, did, we did okay, agree. Yeah, it's going to be a fun well. time watching the NFL draft. Hopefully we do see some FCS products taken in the first round, particularly Nasir Adderley being the highest graded guy in this in this draft class. Hopefully we do see him in the first round. But if not, stick around on day two and three. See some guys like Kalen Saunders, Titus Howard from Alabama State. So from the news roundup, I love to dig through Twitter and find some cool tweets. Stats FCS yeah. always has some great stuff, and the one that I found from them, they, they posted this today, I believe, is the most FCS draft picks in the 2010s 
with seven Appalachian State and Montana. Obviously, Appalachian State is now an FBS program, but still they were previously. Six, South Carolina State. That is the school of Darius Leonard. If you did not know that, folks, defensive rookie of the year for the Indianapolis Colts. Five, Central Arkansas, Eastern Michigan, and William & Mary. And then finally, four is Chattanooga, Coastal Carolina, also another FBS school currently. Illinois State, Maine, North Dakota State, Sanford, and Tennessee State. So a bunch of good programs that put out some really good NFL talent. So there was another thing that I stumbled upon, Sean, over the week. Oh, yeah? And this is a pretty interesting tidbit. We talked about this guy in the first episode, Hmm. and that was Titus Howard. So I listened to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks' podcast, Move the Sticks, and they did an interview with him. And I did not know this about Titus Howard, and I don't know if you knew this about him either. Do you know what position he came in as when he came to Alabama State? Take a guess if you don't. Let's see. Tight end. He was a quarterback. What? He came in as a as a big quarterback. You're kidding. They moved him to tight end because he wasn't really getting a lot of playing time, and they thought that his skill set fit tight end better. He started getting some run at tight end, and then eventually he had like a conversation with his coaches, and they were saying, your best bet to be a standout player is playing offensive tackle. Like, how many guys do we know that make that transition from quarterback to offensive tackle? Never heard of it before in my life. Exactly. He was a really good interview, so I I implore anyone that's listening, if you're curious about Titus Howard, go digging through the Move the Sticks podcast and check it out. Honestly, it's a great story hearing him talk about it. Uh, Bucky Brooks was also giving Keelan Doss some good run. Yes, yes he was. He he very much likes Keelan Doss. That was was pretty cool to see. We beat you to it, though, Bucky. (laughs) We did beat him to it. So, first things first, the NEC preview for 2019. So, Sean, last year's standings... Duquesne finished with the best record, nine and four, pretty uh, good performance, five and one in conference, and they were the only NEC team to make the tournament, make the playoff. They dominated Towson in the first round as CAA opponent. They beat them thirty-one to ten, and they, you know, they had a pretty good run. They didn't make it that far. They ended up losing to South Dakota State and getting smoked. 51-6. Oh, I mean, you make the playoffs and you get a win in the playoffs. That's a pretty... Yeah. That's a good year. And you just got smoked. Oh, jeez. Okay. And then uh, coming in second on the list here, Joe, mm-hmm. Sacred Heart, 7-4, 5-1 in the conference. So, interestingly enough, last year we actually had a two-way tie between Duquesne and Sacred Heart, but just because of overall record, Duquesne ended up making the playoff over Sacred Heart in what? this situation. Did, du- did Duquesne play two extra games? Am I... I believe that record includes playoff. the FCS playoff. That's It's typically how it works. Ah. It's just in college football in general, if you end up playing, you usually count in your bowl game for FBS and then any other playoff games. Now with the, the four-in tournament, you know those all count towards your final record. Behind Sacred Heart is Central Connecticut State, 6-5, and 4-2 and two record in the conference. Pretty interesting team. They also have a draft prospect at their quarterback position. Uh, there's a lot of hype around him. I'm blanking on his name, but there's a lot of hype around him being drafted. Uh, after Central Connecticut State, we have Wagner. 4-7 and seven last year, 3-3 three and three in conference. Yeah, they picked up a very big recruit in... Oh, my God. I'm, what was his name? Was Christian... Look up his name for me really quick. From FAU. 
Sean and I actually met him because he he came on a visit here at URI, but he ended up choosing to go to Wagner. So they have a very interesting quarterback situation, getting a guy from FAU of all places. So hopefully they can take that next step, sitting at last year 3-3 three and three in the conference. Maybe they can get a little bit of a boost from Christian. I'm blanking on his last name. Did you find it? I got nothing. Okay. I'll grab it later. After them is Bryant, in-state Rhode Island team. Up north, though, in Smithfield, they are 6-5 and five on the year, but an abysmal 2-4 and four in conference essentially held them from having a better year. Another team, 2-4 and four in conference, after Bryant was St. Francis at 4-7. and seven. And then finally, Robert Morris, who tends to be the bottom dweller, sadly, in the NEC. I know it sounds very harsh to say that, but they were 0-6 in conference, 2-9 and nine on the season. I want the uh, the SpongeBob boat noise for the last, uh, the last team. SpongeBob boat noise? Yeah, yeah, like the the harsh noise, the harsh boat noise. I'm trying to think which one you're referring to. Don't play it. <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but I mean, it, once I'll, you I'll hear drop it, it you'll, in there, you'll right know there. it. So now we're going to do what we did last time. We're going to start running through our key returners, the guys that looked very good last year that we should be paying attention to going into next season. So the first guy on here is going to be senior quarterback Wilson Price from Bryant. He led the NEC in pass yardage and pass yards per game, 3,311 pass yards, 24 touchdowns. Those Ooh. are some pretty pretty good yeah, numbers. that's good numbers right there. 30, 33, yeah, 3,300 yards in a season. That's impressive. And then 24 touchdowns, it's a little bit over two touchdowns a game. Pretty good performance, and hopefully he's able to make some improvements for next year. Uh, I got one for you here. Senior running back from Duquesne, A.J. Hines, NEC Offensive Player of the Year, first team, stats All-American. Get this, 1,038 rush yards, and 10 touchdowns last year. Sadly, that was not the leader in the NEC, but still great performance, 10 touchdowns, credible rushing numbers from Hines. Next up on our list is wide receiver Cyrus Holder from St. Francis, 43 receptions, 652 yards, and 5 touchdowns last season. And while St. Francis's quarterback situation is not exactly ideal, he still is a number one threat for them, and he's look for him to have a pretty good productive season now even though joe robert morris was last in the conference they can smile that they're getting matthew gonzalez back the senior tight end running back hybrid he had 40 catches last year 642 yards and 12 touchdowns so that's that's crazy numbers for a tight end he's a a red zone threat if you will with 10 touched or sorry 12 touchdowns yep. So to have a guy like that that you can lean on in the red zone, that's a perfect situation for them. Next to that we have here is senior offensive lineman Javon Brown, Central Connecticut State. Not the only Central Connecticut State on this list, and he was second-team stats All-American. Heck yeah. of a performer. Yeah, his partner in crime, uh, junior offensive lineman, lineman uh, Connor Mignoni. Mignoni? I, I, I think it's Mignon. Mignon. I thought you were gonna take. You see, okay. You see, I thought I was gonna be taking. Uh, oh, I thought I was gonna be taking Brown, but I guess not. Uh, yeah, with the Hems the worst. Central of Connecticut State's getting two stud offensive linemen back. That's that's the point of that. So I think usually the best player on this list is Cam Gill from Wagner. Oh, really? Huge presence on the defensive side of the ball. NEC Defensive Player of the Year, first team All American, and then his stats are pretty incredible. Sixty-one total tackles, twenty-four tackles for loss, twenty-four. Tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks to go along with it, and then finally three forced fumbles in the 2018 season. Now that's pretty impressive. 
for a, a linebacker, though. But I'm a little more impressed by uh, Sacred Heart senior defensive lineman Chris Agumang, who has a defensive lineman, 55 tackles, 7 sacks, and 15 and a half tackles for loss, Joseph. Those are pretty good numbers from a defensive lineman. 15 and a half tackles for loss. Love the seven sacks as well. And then next defensive lineman that we have is Thomas Wright from Bryant. 45 tackles, 12 and a half sacks, 17.5 tackles for loss. Another presence and getting and squeaking his way through into the backfield for Bryant. I'm just thinking right now how nasty it would be if uh, Cam Gill was paired up with DeJon Lee. The, ne- uh, the next player I will be presenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lee had 57 tackles, 70, 17 and a half tackles for losses, and eight sacks for St. Francis this last year. Yeah, another strong linebacker. They'd be in, a wrecking crew. Yeah, complete wrecking crew. Senior linebacker Santoni Graham is the final guy, and he's another Wagner guy, so he does have his own partner in crime. 99 tackles, eight tackles for loss. Love to see that type of production. So he's more of the lead tackler type guy, mm. and Gill is more of the downhill type player that's getting those tackles for losses, getting that sack production as a pass rusher, which is incredible getting to see that type of sack production from a linebacker for Gill. And then our last guy, Sean? Yeah, the only DB on this list for the NEC, DJ Exelom from uh, Central Central Connecticut State University. There we go. There we go. 74 <laughs> tackles, four forced fumbles. Three fumble recoveries on the year. Yeah, he's getting a lot of turnovers from Exel Home, and that's pretty good production in in the turnover category from a defensive back. So now, like last week, who are our players to watch going into next year? Out of all the guys that we just named, maybe some that we didn't. Personally, mine is uh, AJ Hines. I think he will probably repeat as the offensive player of the year. I see no reason why he wouldn't. I think Duquesne is good program. I think he's an even better back. He's my player to watch from the NEC. My guy, and I've already touched upon him a ton, is Cam Gill from Wagner. Just extremely productive. He's been productive in his whole time at Wagner. He's going to have a strong senior season and finish off and probably be a, a not a draftable prospect, but at least a notable prospect for the stuff that he has done at Wagner. He's also coming back with his linebacker mate and in Santoni Graham. Honestly, I expect him to keep performing and doing better with all these strong situations around him. Now, Sean, who do you think is going to win the NEC next season? You know, it would be not easy to say Duquesne, but I'm going to say Central Connecticut State. Really? How come? I just think that they have a lot of good players on their team. I think the roster is deep. They're still young. I think they're well coached also. I think Willie Daniels is a big threat. (laughs) Will Daniels? Wait, is he actually on Central Connecticut State? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you 100% sure? I'm 100% about that? sure. Okay, I'll take your word for it. He's on the team, Joe. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't need you to take my word for I'll it. I'll take you your just word take for it. The fact as a fact. Okay, I'll take the fact as a fact. <laughs> Is he playing? I think so, yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah, happy for him. Oh, okay, good. What's your pick, Joe? My pick was Sacred Heart, and they were just this close to. Obviously, you can't see the representation that I'm holding up, <laughs> but they were very close. Sorry, I'm Italian. I like to use my hands to explain things. Oh. They were extremely close to making it to the FCS playoff. They're co-champions. They're really not losing 
much depth and any key players in their lineup, you're going to see a lot of those same guys that were top performers for them coming back. And if you just look at the Sacred Heart program as a whole, they have gradually grown and progressed and improved over the years. And I think that next year is going to be that year for them to finally reach what they've been working towards been a small program and they finally are getting to that level and next year I promise you will be the time for them to take that next step now Joe I think I know why you did this why and I'm how you did how you laid up the thanks for stepping on my court how you you laid out the episode how you did yeah so you said here Sean I'm gonna take the NEC you're gonna take the Big South okay but I think that's a little um, is that is that a regional thing? You think that? Uh, okay, I was gonna get to this. The Big South is not really a Southern Conference. Huh? I don't know why they call it the Big South because you want to know where Monmouth is. Yeah, I know where Monmouth. Yeah, Monmouth where's Monmouth? Is, Monmouth is in. Um, is it in New Hampshire? No, it's in New Jersey. New Jersey. It's in New Jersey. Oh. It's in Southern New Jersey. What? It's, it's <laughs> by so the Jersey weird. Shore. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna start previewing the Big South now and. If you look at this conference, it just it's it's a very odd conference in its setup. It's very similar to the Pioneer League that all the teams are just all over the place. It's just not consistent across the board, but still we had some pretty big performers out of this conference last year. So Sean, why don't you kick us off in running through last year's season? Yeah. Last year's standings. Well, the leader of the Big South last year was Kennesaw State. Who was eleven and two overall, and was five and zero in conference with a record. They were a four seed in last year's playoffs and made it to the quarterfinal before losing to South Dakota State in the quarterfinals. After them is Monmouth, and they just by a hair missed the cutoff. They, I think, their one loss, if I'm correct, was to Kennesaw State. So sadly, they did not were not able to go five and zero, but they were. Eight and three, which is a good season. Four and one in conference. What are you waving your finger at me are for? Are you saving your beef with Kennesaw State for when we get to the players? Oh uh, yes, I will get to that in a second. All right, just make it sure. All right, keep All going because right, you're were, you're were fired, fired. Yes, up. yes, I'm always fired up this over what, something. This is what we call a uh, a teaser, Joe. A teaser. <laughs> well, third on the list last year, uh, Charleston Southern, five and six on the season, three and two in conference. After that's Gardner-Webb. I believe they made the NCAA tournament for basketball. Fun fact. They did. 3-8 and eight and then 2-3 and three in conference, so not really living up to their basketball hype. Well, they were, si- they were a 16 seed. In yeah, they were a 16 yeah. seed. Yeah, but they still made the tournament. Uh, that's true. All right, then uh, Campbell, 6-5 and five on the season, 1-4 and four in conference. You just hate to see that, that you have a good start to the season, and then once you go in conference like they did last year, only going 1-4. and four. If you take that out, they were on a run to potentially make the playoff. And sadly, they did not. And then another bottom dweller, sadly, is Presbyterian, 2-8 and eight last year and 0-5. Oh and so before we go into our key returners from last year, uh-huh. I just need to address some small beef that I have with Kennesaw State's Sports Information Department. Now, I might be wrong, but it appeared that you did not update the statistics on your website since 2016. Are you checking that right now, Sean? I'm, I'm checking it right now. You're checking it right now? I, I was going through these rosters and I was just trying to confirm information and, and have the exact statistics, statistical numbers from the guys that I picked as key returners. And some of them I chose to take off this list because I had no stats to support anything. It's hard enough to try and dig up film on guys from Kennesaw State 
The fact that I can't get statistics from the sports information department from Kennesaw State is ridiculous. Um, is it on there? Um, well, let me see. Here's this is the uh, stat page here. If you want the passing, you have the passing and the rushing. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! And the receiving. I'm an idiot. And you have the team well, the, stats. The, the reason why the reason why I was I was. What did you type in to search that? I was looking at the players. Like I would click on a player's name and then. They weren't updating it there, so uh, that was dumb of me to assume. Okay, because I typed in Kennesaw State football statistics, and then I got the stats. I got okay. Look, well, at, the, look at the all results. Right, all right, now 15, 16, 17, and eighteen. Okay, well now <laughs> all my. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. My my beef is still is still there because gotcha. the, the the statistics should still be updated when you click on a player's name. It shouldn't just say. 2016 and that's it agreed so I'm sorry that we got a little bit too mad at you Kennesaw State but still fix your stuff so who, Sean who's our first player on this list our first player is the uh, redshirt junior quarterback from Monmouth Kenji Bahar who had 2626 yards last year passing and 20 touchdowns right after him is sophomore running back Jawan Fari, also a Monmouth player 1,024 rushing yards, 8 touchdowns, and then a whopping 7.4 yards per carry. Did not get a full feature back type load last year, but I think after what we saw from him, he is going to be getting a ton more carries. And if you're averaging 7.4 yards per carry, you're going to be putting up well over 1,500 yards on the season. You know who I think who could put up uh, 1,500 yards next year? Who's that? Richard sophomore wide receiver. Caleb Sneed from Campbell. He had 45 catches, 100, 810 yards, and nine touchdowns last year. If he only had 110, that would be very concerning. Yep. But a pretty good year yeah, from yeah. Sneed right after him. Not as productive of it as a tight end as Gonzalez was for Robert Morris, but senior tight end Jake Powell from Monmouth, another weapon for them. Only 15 receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns, but he's more of an inline blocker, probably one of the best blockers at the tight end position in the Big South. And then uh, starting off our defense here, players to watch. Redshirt junior linebacker Bryson Armstrong. Armstrong. Jeez, I'm pulling a DeLeon here from hey, Kennesaw State. That one's an easy one to pronounce. 80, what the hell? <laughs> 85 tackles, 11 sacks last year. Uh, the anchor of that defense. Um, yeah, the anchor of the defense. I think he was a stud. Right after him is linebacker J.D. Sosby. Charleston Southern linebacker, Charleston Southern linebacker, redshirt senior, seventy-two tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and three fumble recoveries for him. Now, the next player. Yes. Did you pull up stats for him? Uh, I didn't get to Walker yet. Do you want to take Barry while I get Walker? Yeah. Stats? So uh, right after right. him is redshirt senior DB Tymir Barry from Monmouth, another Monmouth player. On this list, 60 tackles, 2 interceptions, and 10 pass defense, which is an incredible statistic as a defensive back. Do you find anything on Walker? In the process. Thank you, Kennesaw State, for making your information very accessible and easy to get to. You're not giving them any uh, any. Leeway no, no, here. I don't. Your no. website should be easy to navigate. We should be able to find the numbers. Any Anyone that wants to look at statistics should be able to find them. All right, we're going to go down the line here. All right. Uh, Dorian Walker. Defensive back for Kennesaw State. He had 38 total tackles last year, three interceptions, four mm. breakups, one fumble recovery, and that's all the stats we got. And if I'm correct, that is one of the top 
performers in the Big South for interceptions. Not exactly sure where he sat, but still relatively high up there. So, Sean, who is your player to watch out of this group of guys? I know I botched his name once, but I won't do it again. Bryson Armstrong from Kennesaw State. I think both of those numbers are going to go up. 11 sacks last year. You get double-digit sacks in a season. That's pretty impressive, regardless of what position oh, you yeah. player. 11 sacks last year. I'm projecting 14 for next year. I think he's going to up the ante. I think he's going to keep applying pressure. I'm picking Armstrong as my player to watch. My favorite guy still is Juwan Fari. I, I touched upon him earlier, but did a very good job as a true freshman, was able to be leaned on in the running game, did not have a ton of carries, but I think that now that Monmouth knows what he can do, they're going to give him a lot more touches. He will likely be around that 1,500-yard range. Sean, who is your favorite to win? Uh, my favorite is uh, Monmouth, just because that two-headed snake right there with Bahar and Fari. It's going to be hard to stop those two. I mean, you have a good quarterback play. You have a running back that averages 7.4 yards per carry, is what you alluded to earlier. That's impressive, and that's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, for me, I ended up picking Kennesaw State, but I still think that it's a 1A, 1B situation where Monmouth is going to be right behind them. Sorry for stepping on your court again there, Sean. Kennesaw State has been one of the better teams in the Big South and has, over the past few years, and has relatively made the tournament because of it recently. And I don't know if you remember this, uh, I think it was two years ago, Kennesaw State got some attention for doing similar to what Miami did with the turnover chain, but do you remember what they did for their turnover chain? Okay, well, they're the Owls. Let me think. Um, no. It's nothing Owl-related? It was the turnover plank. <laughs> it was plank from Ed, Ed, and, Amy, um, Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. So they had, the, they had the turnover plank. I don't know if they still do that or not, but that's still a good gag. I do enjoy that. But they've done very well. They end up losing a ton of seniors. What could ours be? What could ours be? Would I'd like the turnover conch shell. The the turnover bagel. <laughs> no, why is that? Because <laughs> Donnie. <What do> you, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you get the turnover bagel, you get to eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice pick. <laughs> <laughs> it, would have to, it would have to be something that Donnie would bring over and something that probably Coach Flem wouldn't approve of. <laughs> Oh, man, I love me some Donnie. He can't come on this show. He can come on the Get to the Point. Yeah, he can come on Get to the Point. Any of the other shows. This Don, one, you know Donnie Don, can't come on this. You know what Donnie would probably bring over? He'd probably be like a handgun or something <laughs> oh like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe, you can't. Do we have a fan question? We can't keep on talking about Donnie. We love you, Donnie. Um, the fan question that we did get this week, thank you again, this time to Adam Sabula at Adam Cebu 15 he was asking, will we see a different champion besides North Dakota State this year? And frankly, Adam, I think this is probably going to be the year that we will not see North Dakota State winning the national championship and potentially them not even in the running. Oh, hot take. Why do you say that? I just think it's a hot take. I mean, perennially in the 2010s, mm -hmm. it's hard to bet against them. But I also agree with you. And if you're asking me who I think is going to win, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody should. But gut instinct, they're not taking it this year. They lost their head coach in Chris Kleiman, who's now with uh, Kansas State, rather. Sorry. They're now with, he's now with Kansas State. They're losing Easton Stick. They're losing a lot of other depth in key positions. It's going to take a lot for them if they're going to keep doing what they're doing. But if anything has been proven is North Dakota State has been like Alabama in the fact that they're able to re-up every single year. So... If I were to, I would best bet next season would be the best, 
bet for them not to make the national championship. Can I get that sentence again, please, Alex? <laughs> Alex. <laughs> really? <laughs> Next season would probably be the best bet for North, North Dakota State to not be in the championship. Gotcha. That is where I'm currently sitting. I right. agree. And so, who was that that, uh, that sent that in? That was Adam Sabula. Uh, all right, Adam. Thanks for the question. I, I don't, I'm, you know, it was a good question. I'm not it, was, gonna, it, was, it was a good question. It was a good question. Going forward, if you'd like to give us a question, follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. Uh, at SKAnderson29. And shoot us a DM, just tweet at us, whatever. We will gladly answer your questions. And luckily, we've had some pretty good fan response with some questions. Does, does your handle not have any, like, dashes in it or anything? No, I, I was You're like... You're just I, at Joe DeLeon. I was originally at Joe DeLeon60 because that was my originally my number my freshman sophomore year and then I was like I wonder if if Joe DeLeon is taken and I looked and it wasn't I was like this is this is incredible here let me see if Sean Anderson is at, taken. at one point it was taken why don't why don't you start looking at that I'm just going to check right but now but I I figured I might as well uh, take the handle for my name if it's available because that's honestly makes things much easier it makes it so much easier oh my god yeah especially cuz now we're both trying to become media personalities and Searching is not an easy thing to do on Twitter if there's a ton of other people with a similar name. Uh, Sean Anderson is definitely taken. Your na- Anderson's too common of a last name um, for it not to be taken. I'm looking here. I'm just seeing a whole bunch of... All right, I'm seeing just the standard Sean Andersons with the numbers. Let me just see at... Oh! It's taken? Yeah, by a rube with... Get this. How, how many followers do you think he has? Four. He has 10. <laughs> do, you, do you think he has a profile picture or a background? No. No. No you, background? Wait, shoot what, him a DM. What year Ask do you think he's joined? Uh, 2001. <laughs> Twitter was even a thing. Do you think he has any tweets, Joe? <laughs> no. No tweets. No tweets. No photos. It, it's almost as if- He's some, not following anybody. It's almost as if someone went out of their way when Twitter first started just to take a bunch of handles and then just log off Twitter. Why would- <laughs> Put him in a bus. Ship them off to Siberia. <laughs> everybody that does this, everybody that does this, they need uh, take no 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 no. Okay, Siberia's a little harsh. Just take away their internet for a year. You know what? Don't what it, give them what internet. What if it was you that actually made that account and you just no, don't remember? There's no shot. There's no shot. You would feel like an ass if that was the case. Mm. Gosh, that's infuriating. Ten follow. It's and there's an actor. Sean Anderson. Yeah. And there's an a, a, a rapper, Sean Anderson. Shoot him a DM. See if you can take his handle. And you know what I've tried doing is report him. There is no shot that this guy even remembers he has Twitter. Probably not, no. I can't follow him. I'm not going to. There's no shot. Shoot him a DM. You never know. All right. That is going to be it, it for us. Yeah, that's, that's all I That's going to be it for us uh, on the FCS podcast. What do you, what do you uh, Just thanks for the DM. I, yeah. We, thank we you do appreciate those. Yes. Shoot us more questions if you'd like to. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to us on whatever listening platform that you enjoy us on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, you name it. Wherever there's podcasts, you can find us. I can guarantee that. Make sure you leave us a review, like I said. Also, be sure to check out Belief Podcasts on Twitter and some of the other Belief Podcasts that are out there on the Believe website. It's Believe.com. Did you see the Tiger guys all happy from Believe? Oh, yeah. He oh, is he was so happy amped. that Tiger won. Believe in Tiger Woods. He's got a pretty good uh, He's got a pretty good podcast. And honestly, if you're a big Tiger fan, even just a little bit of a Tiger fan, I encourage you to listen to him. 
Cam Rogers who does that one. Oh yeah, good yeah. memory. Good memory, yeah. You think he's ever gonna plug us? No, you never know. He I yeah, uh, connected with him on LinkedIn. He seems like a very nice guy. Oh really? Uh yeah. Also, in addition to everything, if you're interested in advertising with Believe, feel free to reach out to them on their website at Believe.com. There's a contact page. You can get in contact with them or shoot us a DM and we can redirect you to the right people if you're, for whatever reason, interested in advertising with us. It's so easy. The This Believe gets a ton of listeners. They have a ton of followers. You get your business, personal, uh, brand, anything you want. Uh, you know, you can get that out there. It's very easy with Believe. Yep. That is going to be it for us here on the FCS Podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon. I am Sean Anderson. Have a wonderful rest of your day, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.